we have some of the people from our church who are actually running. They've been raising funds and they've been, they're, they're out there, out there running in the rain and in the cold early on us, early on a Sunday morning. So I guess what's represented here in this room are the smart ones who realize you can give for the cure and you don't have to run. You mean you can sponsor Cristiano and whoever else is running. So you are the, the smart ones, the chosen ones. Well done. Uh, when the soggy, wet people show up later on, we'll, we'll just kind of point and laugh or, or give them the obligatory. That was good. Well done. Well done for you. We, we, we gave. Actually, part of me was considering running this morning. I actually love to run. So Jeremy and I were talking. We're like, what time does the race start at? I, I could like run and get in and get in here and just show up in my sweats. You guys, you guys would have been okay with that, right? But then when we looked at the weather forecast and I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to get out of there in the, in the rain. I do love to run. Actually, um, this past this past spring, I just finished my first marathon. Um, I did the, I did. Thank you. Yeah, the obligatory clap. I did I did my first marathon in just over three hours. Who who's a runner in the room? Anybody a runner? It's like two or three of us. Who's who's a not runner in the room this morning? Right there. Yeah, you are clearly a not runner. Racing, racing is one of my passions. I love, I love triathlons. I love running. I love biking. I love the thrill of competing. I love that endorphin high you get after you've been training and you've been running. I love the feeling of standing at the finish, knowing I've completed something really worth doing. And we're continuing week, we're into week four of our series on figuring out your calling for your life. What on earth am I here for? And we're going to look at a passage of scripture, and uh, it this, this passage describes the journey of life as a race. It describes it as a run, and we're going to look at what that would mean for our lives. So I'm going to have you turn to your Bibles, and we're going to stay in, in, in one chunk this morning. Sometimes this study, I know we go all over the place. We're going to stay in the book of Hebrews this morning, Hebrews chapter 12, and if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's towards the end. And if anybody does need a Bible, we do have some, and you can just let us know, and we can, we can have a Bible to share. The verse will be on the screen as well. But you're going to go to Hebrews chapter 12, and it's verses 1 through 3. Would, would anybody willing just to read that out this morning for us? We've got a small number. Anybody willing just to read out Hebrews 12? Anyone this morning? You read? Manir. Manir's going to read out the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3 for us. Maybe not. All right. <laughs> no, that's right. That, that's it. This morning, I'm going to invite us to look at the Christian walk from this lens today. And thanks, thanks, Manir, for reading that. Not everybody loves to run. I get that. I fully, fully under, understand that. In fact, there were some of you that passionately put up your hand. I am not a runner. I found a video this week, and it describes a little bit of, of your passion of never getting out there and running. And I wonder if we could just watch the side screen as we watch what the people who have joined together for the Never Runners, okay? Let's take a look. See if you identify with this. Skip Berkey, anti-running advocate. Could you please use full sentences? Good idea. I am Skip Berkey. I am an anti-running advocate. I can think of no other word but plague because that is exactly what it is. You take me to a race and I will introduce you to the Black Death. Fact. There are more sports-related injuries occur from running than any other sport. Fact. 
the marathon is a race that commemorates the death of a Greek soldier who died from running 26 miles away from the Battle of Marathon, ironica, before the Greek soldier fell down dead of exhaustion. Google it, it's true. Fact, there are companies like Adidas and Nike that are making billions of dollars from the exploitation of a sport that causes nothing, nothing but pain. So let's back up for a second. Running hurts people, running kills people, and companies are making billions of dollars off of it. Black Death. There's a popular saying in the running community, I have legs, therefore I run. Put on shirts and bumper stickers. Well, I have my own bumper sticker. Neverrunners.com! <laughs> So you may may or may not choose to join up with his organization. I don't know. It's, that's your choice. I'll leave that with you. But I am going to invite you to a different kind of race this morning. It's a race run right from your chair. Okay? So, and we go, oh, okay. We can, we can do this run. It may lead to a race in life, but not the physical race. But we'll get there. The first step in any race is actually one of the hardest steps. And I say this without judgment of anybody in the room. I'm not looking at bodies this morning, anything like that. But if you're going to run a race, the first step is you may need to trim down a little bit. Again, I'm not looking at, at anyone specifically this morning. But the first step in preparing to run a race is you may need to trim down. When I was married, I got married uh, 11 years ago. I was 23 years old. I weighed 180 pounds. I had a steady college diet of any college diet, which you have pogos. Pogos were definitely on there. Hot dogs sometimes, just to change it up a little bit. I did love, um, I did love my craft dinner. And cheeseburgers. So I had a very balanced diet. I touched all kinds of different foods in there. For the first four or five years of life after getting married, we made one change. Amanda and I decided we're going to make one change every year. We're going to say we're going to cut out potato chips or we're going to cut out pop or we're going to say we're, we're not, or actually, we didn't actually say we're going to cut out potato chips. We said we're not going to buy them. <laughs> so we didn't, we didn't have them in our house. But if we were at somebody else's house or somebody happened to bless us with a bag of chips, that was okay. And, and, Doritos are not potato chips. Doritos are corn chips. So let's just let's just make like a delineation there. So we 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 made some changes, but but over time, year by year, as I began to I began to trim down a little, bit, began to lose some of that 180 pounds, get myself into race shape by losing a few pounds. You don't enter a race carrying extra weight. You don't enter a race carrying a dumbbell on your back. You don't carry, you don't enter a race carrying extra body weight. You trim down and then you get into that. You get into race shape. Now let's look back at that first verse that we saw in Hebrews 12, in the last half of it. It says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. This is the last half or the middle section of verse 1. Especially the sin that so easily trips us up. Sin 
is the weight that slows us down in this race of becoming who we're created to be. Now, we need to remember what sin is, because sometimes we have a poor concept of sin, and I've touched on this a few times. But sin is anything that's in our lives that is not of God or not God's will for our lives. There are some universal sins that we all get. You know, there's, there's stealing, there's lying, there's hating, there's those, there's those bigger sins that, that we have. And when we're trying to become who God wants us to be, carrying on with a lifestyle that says it's okay to deceive and to lie and to cheat, that's like running a race carrying a dumbbell on your, on your back or in your hands. And it's hard to show people who you are, which is, which is part of our calling. Part of our calling is to reveal Christ to the world and to carry his presence with us where we go. It's hard to do that when we have a lot of hate in our lives, when we have deceit in our lives or things like that. And this is like the universal sin that's common to us all. So we need to know that and understand that. But as we are going deeper into the study on who we're created individually to be, some of us are carrying some extra sin, some stuff that is not specific to maybe everybody, but it's weighing you down from becoming the person you were created to be. And remember that concept of sin is just anything that isn't of God in your life. It's individualized sin. The stuff that's only really disobedient to you in your specific time. I want you to think about this. Consider this. The first king of Israel. Remember who it was? Anybody remember who the first king of Israel was? Saul. Saul was uh, was strong. He was tall. He stood out from 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 everybody else god and, and he was empowered by god and saul was a guy he we can look he would he would he would he would celebrate he would drink wine he's a guy that he cut his hair he did things like that i want you to think about samson samson straw strong and tall what was sin for him Do you remember what was sinful for him to drink wine and cut his hair now samson if you read the story of Samson in the book of Judges, beautiful story. If you like a lot of violence and action and things like that, go to the book of Judges. There's tons of stuff in there. But Samson, when, when he would like trick somebody or get mad, he went Looney Tunes and went bananas. And then he would show off in front of everybody how strong he was. And he would get right in in people's faces. He was gloating and bold and doing all that. Apparently that wasn't sin that was punishable for Samson. But think about Saul. If you know the story of Saul, Saul was lost his sanity because he was proud and because he got a little bit too bold about who he was. And at different times, God's going to call you to a certain role or God's going to call you to certain things. And sometimes we carry these sin things around in our lives, these things that aren't of God or that aren't, that aren't for us right now and they're, and they're against our calling and who we're created to be. And these men were punished for doing different things. And it was okay for them to do some of the things that the other one was doing. But I want us to think about this from this perspective. If we know that, then you know what we know? We know that God has a specific calling on your life, just as much as he had a specific calling on their life. He had called them to abstain from something, called them to lead something. I want us to consider maybe God's called us to lead something. Maybe God's called us to something specific. And you can't decide, and I can't decide how I'm going to follow God by looking at your life. I can't say, if I do exactly what Jeremy does, then I'm in God's will for my life. And we can't look around at other people and say, as long as I do what they do and serve the same way they serve, 
then I'll be fulfilling God's call for my life. And as long as I, if it's okay for them to do it, it must be okay for me to do it. No, no. God has a specific call for you and a specific way for you to serve and a specific way for you to obey. And the only way we know that is when we start to get this personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. And anything else that we add on is like carrying that weight and running around trying to do the marathon. And I think there are some people here this morning, and you may need to be released of the expectation that somebody else has for your life. We've touched on this, I know, a couple times. But you may have, somebody may have an expectation on your life, and you wake up in the morning and you carry that around. You're thinking, this person wants me to be this, but I'm really feeling like, no, God is calling me to step out into a new area. This morning, I'm going to invite you to release that weight. This morning, I'm going to invite you just to drop it Drop it like a 25-pound weight. Because one of the best things about serving God is that he makes a promise to us in Scripture that there is no condemnation for anyone who serves him. And even up until this very moment, you've been carrying around, maybe, maybe it's not just a calling on your life. Maybe it's something that, a lifestyle, something that you've engaged in, a part of you that you know is not of God in your life right now. There's, there's a part of you that you've kind of withheld. And it's sinful. And it's separating you from your calling, from who you've been created to be. Because remember, this is what this study is about, is really refining ourselves to find out, God, who have you created me to be? And this morning, I want us to take a moment just to think, is there anything that I wake up and I know is just weighing me down and stopping me from being that person? It took me like five years to drop off my 25 pounds. This morning, you can do that in five seconds. Did you know that? And we've got, I got a whole message kind of laid out about some things that we can do to become like Christ and be, to fulfill our calling. But we really can't go any further until we take care of business. We can't become like Christ and become the people that we've been created to be until we lay down the things that we're holding on to, the things that are weighing us down, until we lay down the sin until we lay down the expectations, until we lay down the heaviness that we walk around with every day, we really can't take on Christ's newness for us. So I asked Dave and the team, and you guys can, you guys can come on back now, I said, could we, in the middle of, of studying this passage, could we do something that would, a corporate opportunity for us to say, Lord, I need to be made new. I don't want to carry around this weight anymore. And there's a beautiful part in this song that they're going to lead us in. And it says, it's against you only that I've sinned. And still your mercy beckons. It calls me to enter in to this relationship to God's, to God's holy place. So this morning, it's going to be different for everybody. But there might be something that, that you do. You feel like this is, that there's this, there's this weight. And it's only between you and God. No one else needs to know about it. And the Holy Spirit has a way of highlighting areas in, in our life and pinpointing things that may need to change. So we're going to do some trimming down this morning before we move on any further. So if you want to stand with, with, with us, you can stand with us. If you want to kneel, you can kneel. But it's real simple this morning. This is an opportunity for us to say, God... Can you make me new? Can you forgive me? Can you right me from the sin that I'm carrying around? Just receive his mercy this morning.
making an early spring rain. Make me new, make me new. Change my heart, revive me again. Make me new, make me new. Like an early spring rain, make me new, make me new. Change my heart, revive me again. Make me new, make me new. Make me new. Make me new like the dawning of day. Make me new, make me new. Transform my mind, renew me again. Make me new. to dawning of a new day make me new like the dawning of day please make me new make me new transform my mind renew me again make me new Against you only, against you only, I've 
You know we have the opportunity to do that every day. Part of becoming who God's created you to be is every day waking up and saying, God, there's there's sin in my life because of who I am. I mean, I'm a human being. <laughs> I'm sinful. God, there are expectations on my life and it's weighing me down. I, I rolled over out of bed and, and I was weighed down. Lord, make me new. Lord, forgive me. Lord, transform me so that today I can be the person you've called me to be. Jesus, I pray over this gathering of the church this morning, and I pray that this week and forward, as we wake up, God, we would receive this this gift, this gift of newness, this gift of wholeness, Lord, that we would not succumb to the weight of sin and the pressure that's around us, Lord, but we would we would walk freely in your in your mercy, in your calling for us, Lord. God, I pray that we would really truly function as as your sons and daughters, as you're called freely, Lord, by the leading of your spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I do, I invite you every day. I challenge you, not invite. I cha- Dave's probably not going to show up at your house. Uh, maybe Jeremy might, but he's, he's just that kind of guy. But. 
Now do that every morning. Wake up and embrace the newness that God has for you, the forgiveness that he, that he has for you as we work on our calling and who we're created to be. That is step one. Trim down, get rid of the weight, and then see what it's like to run in your calling. Don't, don't try and run in your calling carrying on the stuff you don't need to carry on to. Get rid of it and then see what happens. Because now we're ready for the next phase of the race. We've dropped the weight. We're ready to move on. Once we've trimmed down, you know what we can do? We can start to train properly. Let me read for you in 1 Corinthians 9, 25 and 26. All athletes practice strict self-control. They do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it for an eternal prize. So I run straight to the goal with purpose in every step. This is what Paul said. Now, athletes are very specific about the things they need to do to be successful. But we're not talking about physical running, right? I told you, this is a marathon from your chair, so don't worry about that. This is about running your race with purpose and calling. But there's some good parallels when we look at our key text. In Hebrews 12, verse 2, let's go to the second verse of that passage I said, hold on to. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. The way that we train for a race is by doing everything that we can for this race, the race of life becoming our calling, is we do everything that we can to become more focused on him and actually working to become perfect as he was perfect by receiving his forgiveness. Do you know that that's a command in scripture, be perfect as I am perfect? And we can only do that as we receive. It's, it's not like we can just function one day and wake up and be perfect. <laughs> it's just striving to become more like Jesus and accepting his forgiveness. There's a, there's a saying in, in athletics that, that says this. It says, don't try harder. Do you know what it says? Train smarter. Don't try harder. Train smarter. It's not a matter of doing what you've always done really, really, really well. Just If I just keep on going the way that I've been going, things will get better. It's finding the right things to do. And this applies to, this applies to training. It applies to our training in life. Think about this. Nutrition. We're going to do a quick test for you this morning to see where you are in your, in your nutrition. If we were going out for lunch this afternoon, let's say we're going to a restaurant, and you were getting ready for the race, okay? And on there, there was the bacon double cheeseburger, or, or something, like just kind of dripping. See, it's, like that's like the Big Mac or something. Like, like look at that. It, it's, and, then, and, then, and then over there, you've got some chunks of little white meat. I'm not sure if that's fish or chicken or something. It doesn't look like there's any mayo in there. That might be like, a, I don't know, like some cottage cheese on whole grain bread. If you're training for the race, which one? Are we going on the left or the right? Are you, are you sure? Okay. Correct answer. The bacon. I think, all right, Andrew, Andrew knows what he's doing. When you're going, when you're going, um, when you're going to have dessert, because we all need dessert, right? You can't just go without dessert. Let's throw, let's throw a couple of choices up here. On, on, on the one side, we've got the, 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 the molten lava fudge cake just dripping with, with chocolate and fudge. And on the left, we've got that fluffy, like, white angel food cake with a strawberry and a dollop of, of, of light whipped cream on there. What are we going for if we're going to choose that this morning? If we're going to run? Or that the chocolate? That's right. Can I even break it down some When you're going off to Starbucks, do you want, like, the, caramel macchiato with extra caramel on there or is it yes <laughs> or is it the or is it the, the green soy latte the, 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 yeah 
Many of you have given up on the race already and you're going out for chocolate cake, right? <laughs> if you feed on the wrong things, you can't go running, okay? You feel heavy, you have no energy, and in a few minutes you crash. Some of you have tried to take up running and you felt this way, right? Like, like I'm going to go running. And like after three minutes, oh, I don't feel so good. My legs are screaming at me. My belly is sloshing around from whatever I ate. Some of the Sanctus boys, they have a, they have a place here in Milton and we call it the ranch. It's the, there's, I believe there's 12 Sanctus guys living in one bedroom or something like that. No, no. There are, literally there's 80 you in the house, right? At the ranch? Seven. Okay. There's seven at the ranch. A few, a few weeks ago they bought bright orange t-shirts and they were going to be, what was the nickname of the, of the running club? The Milton Carrots. Yes. They were going to, they were going to be the Milton Carrots running club. How many excursions did the Milton Carrots go out on? One, okay, one, one. But they still have the orange t-shirts. That's good. It's, it's hard to, Darius is out there, I know, I know, he's, he's out there, yeah. It's hard to run without the right fuel. And spiritually, you need the right fuel, you need to feed yourself well. How often do you regularly spend time reading the Word of God? No other reason just to feed yourself spiritually. How often do you spend time fueling yourself that way? We're here at the church, we're advocates of a great program called the Life Journal. It takes you through the Bible in, uh, you go through the New Testament twice and the Old Testament once in the course of a year. And we say, you just do some journaling every day. You read a couple of chapters and you pick a verse that the Holy Spirit's going to kind of make like really powerful and important to you. And the acronym is SOAP. S, pick one scripture. O, write down some observations about it. A, write down how it applies to your life. And P, write down a prayer. And we can, we, it, it, it's online, it's on your smart devices, we've got, we got a handout, that um, the little bookmark thing that shows you where to go in your Bible every day, any way you want to do it. But it's, the purpose of it is so that every day you are feeding yourself nutrition, spiritual nutrition, so that you can do the race that God has called you to do. If you're not feeding on the Word of God, you can't get out there and run, you're going to end up like the Milton Carrots. And I don't think we want to be like the Milton Carrots. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you got to have the right nutrition. Obviously, a big part of training is the actual program itself. You got to stretch your muscles. You got to do the cardio. You got to you, you've got to push yourself to the max to this 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 spot where you begin to fail. Part of part of training, I, like I said, I love to do running. You've got to get past the wall until this spot where you're failing a little bit and, you, and you're like <gasps> sucking in the wind. So when you've done that running and you're, <gasps> you're doing well, okay? So you're actually doing the right things. You're stretching your system. You're using the muscles that don't feel comfortable so that you're allowing yourself to grow. And if your program just gets you to the plateau, you'll never experience growth. You may even regress. If all you do is plateau you may regress. If you're only doing what you've always done physically, you will begin to regress as an athlete. I want to repeat this. If you're only doing what you've always done physically, you will begin to regress as an athlete. If you're only doing what you've only ever done as a Christian, you will begin to regress in your race. If you're called to become like Christ, whose mandate was be perfect as I am perfect, you can't ever stop challenging yourself to use your muscles, to use the way that you serve, to use the way that you're, in the, the, that, you're, that you're working for him, that you're training for him. I want you to think about Christ. He ended up sacrificing his entire life. 
and your calling is going to be found as you start to serve for him. We keep coming back to this, but God has designed you to serve and to push yourself past the plateau to a new level. I expect that as a church, when we get done this series, we've either confirmed that we're serving in the right place and in the right way, and that we're just going to ramp it up a level and say, God, I'm giving everything that I have to serve for you so that people will know that you came, you died for them, you you rose again, and now they can have this relationship with you. Or you're going to find out, I need to stretch my spiritual muscles a little more. I've highlighted some of the needs that we need around here. We, we're, the, this morning we're blessed to have the Sanctus crew here and they're, they're, they're leading the kids in worship ministry, but I really believe that there's going to be somebody that's going to say, God, I am, God has created me to serve in the kids. God has created me to serve in the youth. God has created me to, to set up this place and to tear down this place and to, and to, or set design or something. God has created me around here. I believe other people are going to be called to be serving out in the community. I met with the, the Milton Community Resource Center this week that, that, that meets down here. We've got lots of serving opportunities that we can serve families in our, in our community, and we're sharing the same space with them. And we're going to be highlighting some of those needs in the next few weeks and great opportunities to serve. I met with the Halton Community Housing. You know the, the building that we share the backyard with? There's some opportunity there where we can be making meals for people and we can be providing some entertainment. We can just be doing visits for people that need it. We've got opportunity that is going to start coming, but I don't even necessarily want to lay out just opportunities and you pick and choose. My prayer is that as you get closer to God and you spend time with him, he's going to speak to you and you're going to say, I'm going to use these muscles I haven't used in a while or I'm going to push to a new plateau. And it might feel like (gasps) just the same way that running feels that way. But we're in this race. This is the metaphor this morning. We're running a race that God's called us to run. As a Christian and as a church, this is how we find our purpose. In Matthew 20, the disciples were fighting about who would be the greatest in the the kingdom. And Christ said, I came here to serve. And in a race, becoming like Christ is flexing those muscles and serving in that way. You know, at the same time, as serving as important and, and running and training is important, rest is just as important. You can't do constant cardio workouts and training without resting or you'll overload yourself. And we can't be working seven days a week without breaking for rest because we'll stress ourselves out when we'll stress our family out. And following this series, we're going to go into November about really looking at the Sabbath and how, we're going to, how we implement that as a church and as individuals and as families because rest is also an important part of training. We, we, we looked at that back on Labor Day out of, out of my life journal, actually, something that God has been speaking to me. We're going to do that as, uh, we're going to do that in an entire series throughout the month of November. Because an athlete doesn't dread the next run half as much when he's had a, a day of rest, when he or she has had a day of rest. Think about that. When you've got like a big race coming, you take a couple days off because then you don't feel like, I can't do this. In the same way, God created the Sabbath for us to spiritually rest so that then we can get up and go and do the things he's called us to do and be the people we've created to be. And maybe, maybe that's what God's going to speak to you about. Yes, here's your calling, but just take a breather, go, and then step in and go, because rest is an important part of your training program. Another part, it, as that, as that, that um, passage of Hebrews started off, it said, Therefore, since we are surrounded by a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, we're surrounded by a crowd. Look around us. We're surrounded by a crowd. Lots of running programs, they do running groups. 
Because it's a lot easier to get up and run when somebody's going to be running around you and somebody's going to encourage you and, and pushing you along and keeping you accountable. Same way works with this spiritual race we're going on. We need to be surrounded by, by people. And we've got, we got five small groups meeting within our church right now, which is great. And if you're not a part of a small group, don't miss out on having this crowd around you. It, it's, like, it's going to be like running alone, trying to get out there every day and being the person that you're called to be, doing it alone. God created us, and we looked at that last week, to be, to be, to, to be together. So make sure we found those people in our, in, our, in our Christian walk. So we need to train properly. We need to have proper nutrition, the Word of God. We need to flex our muscles. We need to serve. We need to have proper rest. We need to have the team around us. Last thought is this. Take your time. Hebrews 12, 1, the last part of verse 1. Let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. This race is a marathon. It's my kind of race. It's not a sprint. When I, when I ran the marathon in May, there were some phases that I went through. For the first hour, I ran with a guy, and we chatted the entire first hour. We were just kind of chatting about life and running and family and all kinds of things. Because we were going and things were going well, and I was feeling I was I was feeling pretty good. I was like, I can do this. It's the-